This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast. Oh boy, it's an exciting day. I don't know if uh, New Hope is wafting through the Philadelphia area about tonight's game with the Eagles at Tampa Bay in the playoffs. But what happened yesterday was really kind of earth-shattering with a lot of teams that passed on when we didn't think they were going to pass. At least I didn't. For for the record, let let me set it straight. I'm in a national contest here with the great people at Bet Rivers who sponsor the Mike Missanelli podcast. And I had a two-game lead going into these six games in the last weekend of our uh, prognostications. I have promptly gone 0 and 4 in the first four games. And I think I've blown my chance. Not that you should care about this, but I am relying on the Eagles to salvage some self-respect for me at least where I can finish 2-4. The Eagles and the Bills. Cuz right now it looks like I have blown my gig. So let's talk about tonight and then we'll go back in time with the games that we saw this weekend. Very interesting games. And I guess it proves that if you're the favorite, it really doesn't matter. It's the team that is playing together. It's the team that has some kind of a will. It's the team that has a quarterback that's ready for the moment. And we saw that in these games. Whether the Eagles have that tonight, I mean, I don't know. I am picking the Eagles. I've been on record to pick the Eagles. They're a three-point favorite. A lot of people betting on the Eagles. I think the Eagles have the better roster, and they will survive against Tampa Bay. But the way these playoffs are going on, you have no idea. Now, the last time we talked to you, A.J. Brown was going to be a prominent uh, player in this game. And lo and behold, he is now scratched from the game. He will not play, which means you have to rely on Quez Watkins and Julio Jones to make some plays for you. Not to mention Devontae Smith, who really has to be the lead receiver tonight for Jalen Hurts. And the running back, DeAndre Swift, has to be major tonight for the Eagles to win this game against the resurgent Tampa Bay Bucks teams. Let's talk first of all about A.J. Brown, the enigma that is A.J. Brown. Now, he scrubbed his social media of any mentions of the Eagles. Now, I don't know why that is. And a lot of people say, well, he wants to get focused. Focus. I like, how's that? How's that make you focused? You don't have to participate in social media. But you can leave your ego references on your social media account. So, as always with A.J. Brown, there's always, and excuse my French, a red ass involved. This guy, you can light this guy up with a match, and somehow, just like a lot of diva wide receivers in this league, something goes off half-cocked. So, the timing of this was, okay, the first news came out, he scrubbed the social media account. Then, subsequently after... It was announced that A.J. Brown would not play Monday night. And, of course, you can think about some theories. And, you know, I my mind is always going with theories. And my immediate reaction was he was trying to spite the Eagles back 
for scratching him from the game that he really wanted to play. But the medical staff said that you're not ready to play and we can't in good conscience allow you to play. And of course, his rebuttal to that was, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you. I'll disavow any association with the Philadelphia Eagles. That was my my first inkling because he has shown out a track record of doing this kind of thing. We kind of like put the arguments on the sidelines aside because he was a great player. He was a productive player. Ah, that's just AJ being AJ. But then there were these other things that came about where he decided that he was going to orchestrate a rogue activity in the huddle by drawing a play in the sand with Jalen Hurts. And that, of course, was the long pass at a misguided time against Seattle when a short pass would have got him in the field goal range. And Sirianni looked like a fool by trying to explain it by saying, well, we thought that the chance that we get a pass interference there was the right thing to go. And I go, what, you, what, what am I, an idiot? Am I an idiot? Are you talking to an idiot here? Eagle fans, are they idiots to think that you're going to get away with an explanation like that? But he was trying to take a bullet for his players in the huddle who decided, let's draw up a play in the sand. Screw Nick. Let's uh, do this. And, of course, Jalen, you owe me because I'm your best bud. And you have the what I call the AJI. Now, that's not good for a team anyway you slice it. I had to laugh at the social media people who are always ready to stick up for the player. Like, on what earth is that a good thing to do if you're a captain and you're trying to show leadership that you go rogue in the huddle and create your own play with the quarterback? It's just, it's, listen, if, you, if you're like a, some kind of a flag football team, <laughs> like I, I can see it. This is a professional organization that is supposed to be one of the better organizations in the league that's just drawing up a play in the sand at the end of a game. All right, so the A.J. Brown situation goes on and on and on and on, just like the T.O. situation. Now, T.O. was a good soldier for the first year. In fact, he played with a plate in his leg in the playoffs to help the team out. That was the the pre-nutbag T.O. where he was actually engaged with the team. It all fell apart after that. For that one year, he was engaged. And I can't say the same for A.J. Brown now. So I don't know why he scrubbed his social media account. And I'm going with this. He was trying to go, nah, 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 nah to the Eagles. Oh, you did this to me? You're not going to play me in Monday night's game where I can be a star? Well, guess what? You're no longer, like, in my world. I'm scrubbing my social media account of anything Eagles, even though I have one more year on my contract. Now, let, let's get to, to the circumstance of this game. Because last night, Eagle fans were really optimistic watching what was, uh, what was going on. The, the first domino to fall was that the Dallas Cowboys got trucked. And I'll have a lot to say about that in a couple seconds. So they get trucked. And, of course, Eagle fans are looking for the, for the best-case scenario for, for the Eagles to actually get into an NFC title game. And the best-case scenario was that the Rams would beat the Lions, right? Because then the Eagles would have a home game. And instead of having to go to San Francisco, instead of having to play Dallas, they would have actually a home game in the second round where they would play the Rams. But, of course, that didn't work out because the Lions won the game by a point. And, of course, I had the Lions given three. 
So that was my fourth straight loss in the playoffs. So now, if the Eagles win this game tonight, they will have to go to Detroit. Now, it's not as daunting as going to San Francisco. But I think Detroit, to be fair, has shown themselves, right now at least, to be a tougher team than the Eagles. Maybe not a better team, but a tougher team. You saw the way they persevered at home. They'll have another home game against the Eagles, and I think they showed some requisite toughness. So I am not that optimistic, even though the Eagles get a semi-easier second-round game if they win tonight, that the Eagles would, in fact, win their second-round game anyway. But uh, let's look at tonight's game and what the Eagles have to do to win the game. Now, they're going to face a blitz. There's a quarterback problem against a blitz. Jalen Hurts has not been a good, good quarterback against the Blitz. If you're a defensive coordinator, it's like brainless to your defensive game planning. You put the heat on him, and you you take the chance that he's not going to beat your Blitz by running because he's not the same runner, and he's not going to beat the Blitz by finding a hot receiver, which he hasn't done against teams that Blitz him. So there's that to deal with with Jalen Hurts. But the other thing is there is this incredible disconnect. And it was explained by Tim McManus, who covers the Eagles for ESPN. If you get a chance to look at his story, the locker room is fragmented. There's a lot of discontent. Hertz is not on the same page with the Sirianni, Brian Johnson thing. Brian Johnson is calling plays that Sirianni wants done, even though Brian Johnson really doesn't believe in Sirianni's offensive game plan. So there's all these parameters that are going on right now at the worst possible time. You're, you're expecting your team to be together at this particular point. Look at the Green Bay Packers and how they were together. Look at the Lions and how they were together. You look at these teams that are ready for the playoffs. They're playing their best right now. They're playing with toughness. They're playing with unity. That's not the Eagles. And the only thing that can save the Eagles is that playing a lesser team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they're a favorite. So I'm hooked. I'm believing that the Eagles are going to win this game tonight and move on. So let's bring in producer Darren for this. Darren, first of all, uh, before we get to the other games that happened this weekend, and of course, there's one happening at 4.30, which is probably when you're going to be listening to this podcast uh, in Buffalo, where there's all these schlemiels out there with their shovels trying to shovel at the stadium. It's still snowing. They're not going to get it done. You're going to have to, you're going to, have, to have a wet ass the whole game to watch that game. It's, it's ridiculous that you can even have a game in Buffalo, much less live in Buffalo. I feel sorry for the people that live there that have to put up with this nonsense. It's ridiculous. And it's the same thing in Kansas City where you get playing a minus 30 windshield factor. It's absurd. All right, Darren, your thoughts on the Eagles. To your optimism, there's an expression that there's a sucker born every minute. And I'm worried that you may be a big sucker right now. I'm worried that I may be too because admittedly, I woke up with an air of optimism today, and I don't know if that's because Dallas got just boat raced and just embarrassed. It was one of the greatest things I've seen in the NFL playoffs in a long time. They had no answers. So I I woke up with a hint of optimism, and I'm telling myself, don't do it, don't fall for it. So I'm not going to let myself fall for it. I'm just going to hope I'm wrong. But this team has shown me nothing in the past almost two months that makes me think that they can go on a playoff run, even if they somehow find a way and run the ball right down Tampa's throats and come out of there with a win tonight. 
there's no way they're going. I, I, there's nothing I've seen that makes me think they're going to go into Detroit and be able to defend Ben Johnson's offense. And, you know, we'll talk about the Lions in a little bit, but we're, we got to mention the evolution of Jared Goff, who has become a legit quarterback under Johnson in that offense. So, I, you know, I maybe they maybe I'm going to I'm going to stay positive, but I'm not going to change my prediction that the Eagles are going to lose tonight. All right. Well, then you then you you don't have to worry about Ben Johnson. I guess not. All right. So I guess you not. We we care, care about Ben Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> if you believe they're going to lose, who cares about Ben Johnson? I guess not, Mike. I just well, you're care. We care about Ben Johnson, the former Canadian sprinter. Don't care about this Ben Johnson. <laughs> they're not even going to get to him by your prediction. No, but tonight, man. I look. I I I feel more optimistic, but that's more because Dallas got trucked. And not because I think anything's going to happen differently in this game tonight. I, I got to be honest with you. And I think All you right. feel the same way. Let's look at deep down. No, I, I listen. I, the fact that they're a, they're a three point favorite stuns me a little bit. If the if the if the line was still a point and a half, I'd be taking Tampa Bay. The fact that it's three and it's holding at three, I, I just think the Eagles are going to prevail. Um, they might not cover. I think they'll win the game. I might my parlay bet for Bet Rivers is the following. Eagles on the money line. Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown. And Jake Elliott to kick two field goals. That is my parlay pick for Bet Rivers. It is posted. You can take it. I believe it's a pretty good value, like minus 375 or something. Those things, to me, are viable things. If the Eagles win by a point, that Elliott kicks two field goals. They score uh, it, within that parameter, they score 20 points. That's two field goals, two touchdowns. They win 20 to 17, or they win 20 to 19, whatever it is. They win by the skin of their teeth. I, I believe there'll be a tush push touchdown. There's the Jalen Hurts touchdown, and I believe Elliott will kick two field goals. To me, that's a safe play. It might not happen. The Eagles may lose, in which case, next week's podcast will be about oh my God, will the head coach get fired? Now, I believe if they lose tonight, the head coach will get fired. I don't think there's any way that you can preside over this kind of a collapse at the end and then lose a, a game in Tampa Bay, a terrible seeded team. There's no way that you can sell to your fans or even your whole your team that you can bring back this head coach who fumbled the ball at the end and you really couldn't stop the bleeding. So that's what I believe will happen. I believe if they win, he survives. But if they lose to the Lions, then you'll see a whole new staff ordered by the owner who orders Howie Roseman to put the pieces in place. All right, now we'll get back to the Eagles in a second, but let's look around the NFL and what happened and why I was so off base with my selections. All right, let's start with the Browns. Now, see, this is the thing about the playoffs. I, I guess you can never tell. I, I go to the playoffs, I go to Browns. The one thing consistent about them, like I didn't buy in the Flacco thing. I bought into the defensive thing. I think if you're a defensive team and you have confidence you can stop the other team, you're going to be there in the end. How in the world they got trucked by the Texans with C.J. Stroud going off. Now, that kid's going to be a star player. I predicted it when they drafted him, and I can't imagine why Carolina didn't take him over the kid from Alabama. But I did not expect the Tech and Texans to roll up 24 points in the first half against a pretty good defense and then win 45 to 14. That was a stunning result for me. I, could the Texans have won it? Yeah, maybe they could have won it a, a, a low scoring game at like 17 to 14. They scored 45 points in that game. 
I mean, that's just absurd, which tells you you never know how it's going to pan out in the playoffs. So the Texans are going to move on. They're going to be able to host another home game. So now let's go to the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Now, you were you believed in the Chiefs. I didn't. I thought the Chiefs were done. They, they got second win. Now, I, I guess I didn't give enough thought to a team from Miami having to play in those conditions. And I don't care what you say about football players and where they played in college. When you're used to playing and practicing in Miami and, and you get spoiled by good weather and you go into minus 30 wind chill, it's going to shake you. You're not going to be the same. The hits feel different. Throwing the ball, catching the ball feels different. And, and I, I misread it. And, and so the Chiefs really imposed their will against the Dolphins at 26-7. to I guess the Chiefs are back. I thought it was hysterical that Andy Reid, with frozen snot on his walrus mustache all, all game long and playing in those good I, I Listen, we live in Philly, all right? It's not exactly Palm Springs here. But I, how on earth – can you live in climates like that? I could never, Mike. So, I, you know me. I don't go it's north. Like, it's like, like, I didn't even think about Kansas City being that cold. And apparently, their winters are brutal. I thought more about the Bills, which is this afternoon at 4.30, where blizzards are going. I don't understand how you can live in Buffalo or Minnesota. I just don't understand it. Now, I understand that you grew up there, and there's the charm of where you grew up. But once you get to be an adult... Get the F out. Like, I don't under, Like, how do you put up with that nonsense every winter in Buffalo? I, I remember when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl in 2017 and we were there uh, on Radio Road doing and it was just bitter cold. So the snow was going sideways and front ways and vertical and horizontal. Everywhere I would walk on the street, snow blizzard would hit me. And I used to get these kids in the Uber to take me from here to there. And they all went to the University of Minnesota. And I said, oh, yeah, how old are you, kid? I'm 26. I go, when'd you graduate? Well, three years ago. I go, why are you still here? You graduated with a degree to get the hell out of here. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Please, somebody explain to me why will you put yourself through that misery, especially in Buffalo. It's not even a great city. Dude, one of my best friends in the world who I grew up with owns a mountain. Owns the mountain next to Mount Snow. At the top of this mountain, he has a Yellowstone-sized ranch house. And he invites me up once a month, once a month from, like, December through March. And every time I'm like, no, I'm not going north. I'm not going to any climate that's colder than I'm already in. I don't do it. I can't. No way. I'm sorry. I hate. I don't know Listen, how to man. be there either. I got Mediterranean blood, right? So the, the Arctic thing, like I'm not from Scandinavia. The Arctic thing has never played for me. And, and I look at these chidrules, these Buffalo Bills fans, they, I guess they got nothing else to do. They were, you can't get on the highway. The highways are shut down. These shlemiels are, are walking miles from their house to the stadium to shovel, to shovel the stadium for $20 an hour. Are you kidding me? I can't even shovel my own walk. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk to a stadium and shovel it. I'm a fungal with that. <laughs> no, I couldn't. God, yeah, I don't understand I the people that want to shovel. I, I'll shovel. I'll help out. <laughs> guys out there with no yeah, shirts on. Yeah, no. knock your, hey, fella, knock yourself out. The snow's just gonna cover the seats. You're gonna have wet ass. Yeah. The whole time because your ass is gonna be warm. You're gonna sit on the snow. It's gonna melt it and it's gonna refreeze. You got wet ass. You're gonna get pneumonia. 
but, but, but I'm with you. I hope the Bills win by more than seven. There you go. I like the Bills today. <laughs> yeah, because I need the game. All right, let's move on now to the Cowboys. You know what the Cowboys are? I, I, I heard somebody say this, but I was thinking this long before. The Cowboys are a production rather than a football organization. They are uh, a, a Broadway production. Uh, you know, with the with the Jerry World and 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 the the star and the fanfare and the celebrities and all that, and and what that does is that it tells your football team that we're more celebrity than football team. How in the world do you come into that game as unprepared as they were? They've got a coaching staff that looked at the Green Bay Packers as what? But they weren't a team. Well, the, the Dallas Cowboys actually look at it and go, you know, we're seven and a half point favorite. We never lose here. So, uh, yeah, what the hell? They were the most unprepared football team I've ever seen. They're playing a soft zone against Jordan Love, who's picking them apart. They didn't adjust. Dan Quinn, who's supposed to be a pretty good defensive coordinator, who's being mentioned for head coaching jobs. By the way, that's over. Was staying in a soft zone the whole time. The Cowboys, who have a pretty good cover corner set, couldn't cover anybody. They never got any heat on Jordan Love. They were totally, totally unprepared. And the quarterback, who does this almost every year, he has played an entire season, hooked up with his receivers. He looked like he never played the position before. He didn't see linebackers that were hidden. He didn't see defensive backs that were hidden. He threw to a spot where he didn't realize guys were going to pick the ball off. I've never seen a meltdown like that before in my life. And when you see something like that, you go, it's over, okay? It, I've had it now with this quarterback, and, and you can stick those 12 wins a year up your kulu because it doesn't matter if you get 12 wins, if you have the same playoff uh, meltdowns and the head coach has to go. You can't, when you get waxed like that by the seventh seed, you can't justify bringing anybody back. It was a close game. Green Bay wins the game close. You play well. Eh, yeah, maybe, but not like that. They were down 32 points in, in the fourth quarter. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at uh, LaFleur. He's got my, my Penn state, buddy in there Sean Clifford is in the game and he yanks Sean Clifford to put Jordan Love back in there I go are you what are you crazy you actually think Dallas could go back and win this game you go put your quarterback in there uh, but you know come on 48-32 was not nearly that close it was like 48-16 to in the fourth quarter and he was forced to put his first team back in so Mike it was a franchise altering loss it really was. It really is. And again, it's it's like you got to look at it and go, they're more interested in being an entity than a football team that wins championships. It's just as simple as that. And that starts with that lunkhead Jerry Jones, who was so embarrassed that I think he, he somehow convinced the national network cameras not to show him in the booth anymore. He has that kind of power. It started off early, and then he was just so disgusted. You didn't see him again on the screen. <laughs> I mean, you've you got to be kidding me. So two things that I saw, the Browns getting humbled and the Cowboys just completely embarrassing themselves. And I know Eagle fans are happy about that. I don't like games like that. I, I really don't. I like to see good football games. Uh, when that, I, I, I was 
desperate for another TV show in that game. I couldn't watch it anymore. It was too painful to watch. And I know Eagle fans go, I love that they're getting crushed. I didn't like that. I like good football. I hate bad football. I hate teams that aren't prepared for the moment in the playoffs. So I was trying to find something on TV. I didn't find anything. There was nothing on last night. This cadence that can we talk about Prescott for a minute? This yeah, here we go. Cadence that he does with every yeah. snap. First mm-hmm. of all, it's a little ridiculous, but it is exponentially ridiculous when he's yelling that down thirty points in the fourth. What do you want him to stop it? Yes. Walk up the line and go blue eighty, blue eighty. Is he supposed to get? Is he supposed as the starter acknowledge that they're getting crushed? Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. You got to do the same thing you've done the whole time. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Can't change the cadence. Sister's ass. Here we go. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Listen, if you score a touchdown, (laughs) you can't celebrate. But if you get the cadence, you've been doing it all. Got to change it. It's like. Right, Just whatever. say blue 80 and snap the ball. For God's sake. All right. Whatever. Uh, in any event, I did find something on TV uh, uh, prior to the uh, night football game, um, which uh, wooed me away from football. I got football out with bad football. The Lions game was on last night. It was good football, but I just couldn't take anymore. So I don't know. Showtime has really been working me over with the Godfather. Um, in a future podcast, I, I am sick of people who tell me that Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. And, and I'm going to prove it in a future podcast. I am just, I am sick of it. It's so disrespectful we tackle to the Godfather hard 1. Here. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that people... I, they're trying to outsmart themselves when they say that Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. There is no way on earth that Godfather 2 has the impact of the brilliance of Godfather 1. It's a great movie, don't get me wrong, but it ain't Godfather 1, and I will prove it in a future podcast. Now, I know you like Godfather 2 because you're one of those people who have been pulled in by the latest thing, and you forget the original the originality of the first one and how brilliant it was. First and that's all, insulting to me maybe, as a Godfather connoisseur. <laughs> maybe ask me before you assume. Like my father used to say, don't assume. You make an ass out of you and me. I like Godfather 1 more, and I will tell you why. Almost oh, everyone okay. likes I Godfather. You were a Godfather two guy. No, I will tell you why because I used to watch one with my dad all the time. So I, I'm, I'm okay. partial to one. But I will tell you why the number one reason why people think two is better than one. That's because De Niro's in two, and the De Niro scenes in Old New York are fantastic. But the rest of the movie doesn't live up to one. I agree with you. I really don't like this the, the, the old New York the, the New York thing. I really it, to me it's it bores me. That part of it bores me. Really, really I, that's the one thing I think is a detraction of Godfather 2. All that time with, with uh, uh, Don Fanucci. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's too much time there. I like the action of the, of the, of the modern day theme. Of, I don't want to go back in time. In fact, I didn't even like that much where Michael and Godfather 1 went back to Sicily. I, I don't like, like the, the walk. It, scenes it wasted my time with the action when he's walking with Carlo and Fabrizio. I kind of so, like it a little bit. I like when he talks yeah, Italian. Yeah, I, don't. I like they, when they, De Niro they, talks Italian. I do. I admit it. 
But I still think one's a better movie. And I don't like the Sicily scenes either. Nero talked Italian in, in Godfather 2. That's what I said. That's why I like those scenes, because yeah. he talks Italian. But I think one yeah. is a better movie. I don't like the Sicily scenes in either movie. They're all just heartbreaking to watch with his first wife. Well, let me ask you a question about Godfather 2. How come in Godfather 2, with the Don and Clemenza and... Uh, 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 and uh, uh, Sal, and you know all, 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 all the people that were growing up in that little section in New York, heavy Italian accents. How come we we go to our Godfather one? They got no accent at all. Americanized, you know that. Oh, that quick, that quick. I know Italians have been in this country fifty years. That are, that are shoemakers. They can't get rid of their broken English. <laughs> My grandfather was having. You're gonna tell school. me that it like that, that it, it, the, the accent completely washed away. I love you hearing hear you say that. My grandfather Bruno Kirby couldn't speak English. In Godfather too. All, all of a sudden, sudden Clement is like perfect English. Dude, my grandfather, Sicilian Italian, owned a leather store. How great is that? That is so. T- and he was to the day he died, he had a hard, thick Sicilian accent. I agree yeah. with you. That's- well, anyway, I'll, I'll get into the crux of that. And when we do this. I will do what I think is the greatest soliloquy of Godfather One. I will do it. I will. I will imitate it. I think I can pull it off where I actually sound like the man. I will maybe later this week because of Godfather. You know, the Eagles lose. We'll have a, you know the whole funeral and the whole bit. I will do the scene with Waltz lecturing Tom Hagen. At the dinner table, we had singing lessons and dancing lessons and acting lessons. And Johnny Fontaine comes along with his guinea charm and olive oil voice. She was the best piece of ass I ever had. And I had and all, I got him all over the world. <laughs> now you get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, I will do that in a future cast. For now, it's about football. And this is the Mike Missinelli podcast at a special preview show as we go into tonight i'll be headed to atlantic city in a little bit as we do our post-game show with jacob media you can catch that on 6abc.com and the jacob media youtube channel it might be the last game we do in which case it could be a sayonara for the season but i do think the eagles will win the game uh i think they're going to win it 2017 that's a push doesn't do you any good money wise but I think they will survive and we'll have another playoff game next week in Detroit. For producer Darren, I am Mike Missanelli. Root them on tonight. Eagles and Bucks Monday night football playoff game. We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on the Mike Missanelli podcast brought to us by Bet Rivers. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.